great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What is up, everybody? I am here in Los Angeles, Inglewood, California, outside of SoFi Stadium, where a little more than 24 hours, the Buffalo Bills will kick off the NFL season against the Los Angeles Rams. Josh Allen versus Matthew Stafford, Von Miller versus Aaron Donald. There's so much to talk about with this matchup, this game, this season, and you are in the best place to be when you're talking about Bills talk, and that's Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast. Brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Falling leaves and crisp weather means it's our favorite time of year, tailgating season. And I'm telling you right now, Ryan, I have seen a ton of Bills fans, whether it be in the hotel. I'm staying at the Marriott uh, over by L- LAX. It's it's almost like Bills Mafia has taken over that place. And I'm pretty sure all the tailgating scenes outside of SoFi tomorrow are going to feature Bills fans. And you can win the ultimate tailgate accessory from Tops Friendly Markets just by purchasing brands you already love. Make sure you get over to Tops Friendly Markets today. Get yourself set up uh, for game day or any day. Uh, Ryan Talbot, I'm bringing you in right now, buddy. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I don't think you have any crisp weather out there, though, right now, Mr. Perino. But uh, here in Western New York, yeah, it's starting to feel like fall for sure. I'm ready for tailgating weather, though, 100%. You know, we have a lot to get into with this game. Um, the The weather is beautiful. It's expected to be uh, just an absolutely outstanding night for football. And, you know, where do you want to start, Ryan? Because, you know, you, you're, you're back in Buffalo. I'm going to let you drive the ship. I, I kind of like you driving the ship when I'm on location. It feels it feels a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, let's start with something a little bit before we start talking about the game. And that's Dawson Knox, obviously uh, signed an extension here today, putting him among the top five tight ends in the league in terms of overall salary. Something that you and I have talked about quite a bit as a possibility. Uh, initial thoughts, Matt, on this contract extension for Knox. Yeah, I think that the timing of it is just about what you probably would have thought going into training camp. You know, we talked about it uh, a couple of times during the offseason. If, if, if the Bills were going to, you know, choose one player to kind of start what we think is kind of a string of decisions of restructures or not restructures, uh, contract extensions, Dawson Knox made the most sense. Um, one of the things that I think came up the most in the aftermath of what this means for Jordan Poyer and I'm probably of the thinking at this point, never say never, you know, know, at some point this season, maybe the bills and Jordan Poyer's camp come together and they, and they agree on a long-term deal, but it's starting to feel Ryan, like maybe it's just play out the rest of this contract, play out the rest of this season and then see what happens in the off season. Try to put all in on, on 2022, try to win a Super Bowl, And then Jordan Poyer, if he has the kind of season he did a year ago, he can go hit the free agent market and really cash in. Yeah, I don't see another scenario other than what you just laid out there, Matt. The bills have to be, you know, financially responsible. And you, you look at what they've already done in the past. You look at what they did today with Dawson Knox. They're prioritizing their younger player, the core players of this team uh, that could be 
X factors for this team for the next five to seven years. And no offense, Jordan Poyer, uh, significantly older than a lot of these younger guys that are on the horizon trying to get that second contract. Uh, Ed Oliver, another player that could be that's probably waiting in line, and I would think would be next in line for some kind of an extension. Uh, you can't keep all of your players. You can't sign them all to extensions in one season off season so you know the the scenario you laid out where maybe Poyer plays out the rest of this year if he has a great season Bills just say hey listen you know you've been great for this organization uh, but we just can't give you that kind of money right now and they part ways or uh, maybe the the Bills and Poyer realize they're best together and kind of work something out this off season so I went back and watched the Bills-Rams game. Obviously, no Matthew Stafford. A couple of different players weren't playing that game uh, back in 2020. There was, no, there was no fans in attendance, so that's going to be obviously a lot different tomorrow night. But there's, there's things that I think you could go back, look at that game, and maybe uh, you know extrapolate a little bit from that matchup when you're starting to talk about what this thing is going to look like tomorrow. And I think where we wanted to start was maybe like an X factor, a player that, you know, we think needs to come in here and have a good game. And for me, it's Gabriel Davis going back and watching that game from a couple of years ago. It was probably his second best game of the, of the regular season, the finale against the dolphins. He went over a hundred yards and a touchdown, uh, but he had four catches in the first half really helped this Buffalo offense, move the ball down the field. It showed off some of that footwork uh, near the sideline. I think it's going to be Stefan Diggs versus Jalen Rams. We know that going in, that is a prime time matchup. So where else are you going to get, Uh, your offense from in the passing game. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement about Isaiah McKenzie, and rightfully so. But I just think that Gabe Davis is a guy that comes in in this situation. You have some young cornerbacks, defensive backs, other than Jalen Ramsey in that defensive uh, secondary for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you you, you give the ball to Gabriel Davis. I expect 10-ish targets for Gabriel Davis tomorrow. I think Dawson Knox is going to get some work too. But I think Gabriel Davis is going to be either the leader in targets tomorrow or second to Diggs. Yeah, no, I, I love that pick for X Factor. We've heard the hype all offseason for Gabe Davis. Uh, you and I saw it firsthand at training camp how good he's been. We know that Ramsey's going to be locked in on Diggs, so that gives Gabe Davis the most favorable matchup in, in terms of who he'll be going against in that secondary. So that's a great choice. I, I'm going to go a little unconventional. I'm going to go with Devin Singletary being the X Factor in this game. I think the Bills need to be able to establish the run. Uh, he is their number one back right now, but maybe the most important thing for me is pass protection. Who can help Josh Allen when when he goes back? And I think Devin Singletary has shown in his career he can be a pretty solid uh, pass blocker. He can stay back there, uh, help when there's there's guys coming at Josh Allen, not making Josh just use his legs and do all the work himself in terms of uh, eluding any pressure that comes his way. So I think Singletary, in in addition to gaining some hard yards on the ground, uh, is going to play a big role in keeping Josh Allen upright and allowing him to throw the ball to guys like Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, Isaiah McKenzie, Stefan Diggs and company. I love that pick. And, you know, you know, I, I mentioned going back and watching, I mean, Singletary was really, really strong in that game. And he, two years ago, and he finished the season last year as the guy that I think, you know, people are expecting to see at from the jump this season, a guy that's the, you know, decisive at the, around the line of scrimmage, hitting the hole, uh, showing off that, you know, that burst and that speed, he looks bigger. I think he's going to probably try to play a little bit more physical like more consistently this season, you know, seek out. He always is a physical back, but I mean, really fighting through it. I think that that's one of the things that maybe unlocked him a little bit late in the season is he is a physical back when he's kind of utilizing all of his talents. And he's somebody, I I love that idea and kind of married to that a little bit, Ryan, like what are your expectations for James Cook tomorrow? Because I think there's a lot of bills fans that think that, 
you're going to get a, you know, a, uh, a good look at the rookie in this offense tomorrow. I'm just not sure that there's going to be enough touches to go to him. We talked to Ken Dorsey earlier in the week about James Cook, and he was like, listen, I want to get touches for him, but his role is going to kind of develop in game and from week to week. Yeah, so I I don't think there's a specific role that uh, he's necessarily going to be guaranteed to play tomorrow night. They might see that the Rams are being over aggressive in terms of their pursuit for Allen, and maybe that's where you bring him in. Maybe it's as a decoy because everyone knows Cook is great catching the ball out of the backfield, but maybe that keeps them on their heels a little bit. Maybe you do throw it to him, and if they're bringing all that extra pressure, he can really uh, create some separation and make a play for this team and this offense. Uh, But I really think the, the biggest area that you could see him potentially being a factor is in the return game. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie listed as the kick returner. I know he he's going to play in this game, but he was dinged up a little bit last week. Why risk your your starting slot receiver getting hurt as a return man? Put Cook back there. Let him use that speed, that explosiveness uh, to maybe make make a factor for the team in terms of field position. Maybe you know he doesn't have to take one back to the house, Matt. If he does, by all means, that's great. But if he can get a, the ball out to the 35-40 at least once in this game, I think the Bills will sign up for that all day long. All right, here's another comment from Adam over on YouTube. Even with all the hype from national and local media alike, do you think the Bills will come out more focused with that chip on their shoulders over the celebrated Super Bowl champs? And I think that that's a, a good conversation to have, Ryan, is like, what's the psyche of this team going into this game? They've had eight months now to chew on, you know, what happened to them in Kansas City last year. And, you know, they're a team that, you know, I was talking to Taron Johnson the other day, and, and I want to get to him in a minute and, you know, his primary responsibility in Cooper Cup in this game. One of the things that I asked him was, you know, you guys haven't really seen what this looks like yet with this first team defense. You know, Von Miller didn't play at all, all preseason. It's been mostly in practice. And I asked him, is there like a buzz in the room? And he's like, He's Terry Johnson. He's not going to go out of his way to tell you too much about what's going on. But just the smile on his face when I started talking about what this thing could potentially look like, you could tell that there's real excitement. And that's, I think there's something to be said about that, considering that Tredavious White is not going to be available in this game. And it's a situation where you're going to be really depending on young cornerbacks. But I still think that there's a level of swagger to this defense for potentially what it could look like against the Rams. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I don't know if I necessarily buy into the whole chip on the shoulder in terms of how last season ended. I do think in the back of their minds, the Bills, though, will go back to week one of last year, that game against Pittsburgh. They were favored. Everyone was talking about uh, starting the year off with a win at home, and they delivered a dud. I think, if anything, they're going to say we can't let history repeat itself in terms of how they came out of the gate last year. Uh, last year, the offensive line was did not have a great game against Pittsburgh. The offense was not in sync. It was a, a game to forget. And I think on a, on the national stage with all eyes watching them, knowing the expectations, the Bills want to come out firing. They want to impress uh, so that, you know, maybe not the playoff game from last year, but maybe week one is more on their mind, that Pittsburgh game and and making sure they avoid that slow start in, in a game against a team like the Rams where you really can't start off slow. Let's go to the defensive player that you're most you know, watching closely or you think needs to be the X factor uh, tomorrow night? You know, this is a cop out, man. I'm going to actually just go with an entire unit and that's the Bills defensive line. The Rams downgraded okay. at two spots this offseason on their defense 
their offensive line in terms of the players that they had there losing Whitworth or and players like that. You have Joe Noteboom. Um, and then you look at the Bills defensive line with Von Miller, with Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, and then a lot of solid depth behind them. And, you know, go again, I'll go back to last season. I thought that the Bills defensive line had a chance to make an impression last year against Pittsburgh, and they delivered a dud on in that side of the ball too. For the Bills to win this game, their defensive line needs to outplay the Rams' offensive line. They have a young secondary going out there against some pretty good players in Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, and they need that defensive line to force Matt Stafford to get the ball out a half second earlier than he wants, a full second earlier, sack him, get him down, tip passes, whatever it is. If they want to win this game, it's going to come down to the defensive line of the Bills, in my opinion. I love that pick. I think that's the most natural place to go. Uh, I was going to more zero in on Ed Oliver. I, I think this has to be uh, this has an opportunity for him to be a coming coming out party type of game on national television to come in here and see the real uh, fruits of what Von Miller can mean for his game, and you know go out there and have a couple sacks. Listen. He hasn't even come close to a 10-sack season yet, Ryan. This is a very big year. There's a reason that Dawson Knox was extended before Ed Oliver, in my opinion. Now, part of it is it's easier to do the tight end contract. I think it's a little bit more salary cap, you know, workable long-term. You can kind of move numbers around. Ed Oliver is going to get paid. But I think this is the kind of game where you want to see Ed Oliver, who does so many things so well, do one thing really great, and that is get in Matt Stafford's face, hit him, sack them and have a real true impact on this, on this game. Yeah. They come out and pretty much say, I can be the Aaron Donald that uh, Von Miller had last year. And, and I'm not saying he can be exactly the same type of player because that's, that would be ridiculous, but he can be that X factor on the inside all season while Von Miller does his damage off the edge. You, you know, those two worked really well together. Once Von Miller was traded over there, once he got into the groove of that defense, uh, I think it can be the same this year. I think Ed Oliver can have a career year. Uh, I think Greg Rousseau can, has a good chance to step up and, and make some plays. I love what this team did with, the depth on the defensive tackle position. So at Oliver, natural choice for the X factor. I, I love that choice, Matt. Let's get into the cornerback situation a little bit. Uh, update that you mentioned uh, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Van Jefferson for the Rams is not going to play in this game, uh, which is it, it's kind of a nice thing for the Bills because that's a, a young player, a speedy player that could kind of be a little wrench thrown in when you're trying to figure out two elite players on the outside and you know, we're more, more referring to Allen Robinson, you know, the previous version of himself before things kind of went off the rails a little bit the last couple of years, a very disappointing situation um, in Chicago. But he has a chance to be really good there. We saw what, you know, Robert Woods did in that offense for years. And that's before they even had an elite quarterback like Matthew Stafford. I want to talk about the Bills cornerback situation. Uh, we don't know yet who's going to start uh, opposite Dane Jackson. I think that's pretty much established. Is it going to be Kyer Elam or Christian Benford? Now, I think it's going to be Kyer Elam. Uh, I spent Monday chatting with the rookie about, you know, just a bunch of things. Not so much about the competition or the looming potential of him not playing all the snaps, but just how what he's focusing in on right now with all this going on. And he said something interesting to me, Ryan. He's like, you know, when I got dra- when he got drafted, he said, the first thing I was thinking was I was going to get in, into the Bills building, start talking up Tredavious White, all pro corner every day, and it's just going to be success from the jump. I don't think – it seemed to me like he didn't really maybe envision the some of the roadblocks that were going to be presented to him throughout the offseason, throughout training camp with you know Christian Benford, a six-round draft pick, coming up and you know at times outplaying him. 
And how he's reacted to that, he's just spending as much extra time as he can. And Jordan Poyer even shouted him out for it. Every time you practice ends, you look over on the practice field, Kyrie Lim's still out there with somebody, working, working on his fundamentals, working on his technique. I think there is a, a good chance, Ryan, that Kyrie Elam maybe doesn't play all the snaps in this game, but comes into this game and makes a big-time play, a splash play, a, a pass breakup. He had a couple of those in the preseason. He played 95 snaps, which was only 10 less than the other three cornerbacks that went ahead of him in the draft combined played this preseason. The Bills want to get a look at him. They want to get him a lot of snaps. I get it. But I think you could kind of build off that if you're Elam and say, all right, I had 95 times where I got to stand on an NFL field against NFL caliber players, especially against Carolina in the last one, and learn some things about how to play the position, how to play uh, against NFL wide receivers. And you, if you're a Bills fan, you hope that that kind of you know carries over the regular season. Yeah, again, he would be a great choice for X Factor on defense as well, because I think he's going to play the vast majority of snaps like you mentioned. Uh, I I will go back to Van Jefferson and just say I think his loss is going to be more important than some fans realize Uh, for that Rams offense. This is a receiver that had over 800 yards receiving six touchdowns last year. It's going to help the Bills game plan in terms of how to help Kyrie Elam, how to help Dane Jackson uh, with the outside receivers. What can they do to slow down Cooper Cup if he's in the slot? Lot, not just have Taron Johnson one-on-one and where are they going to position uh, Tremaine Edmonds? What can they do to take away passing lane windows? But for Elam specifically, uh, I, I think there's a very good chance that he can come in, get a, a pass deflection, make some kind of splash play. My only worry when it comes to Elam is I look at this officiating crew and the lead official is one of the most flag-happy officials in this league. We've talked a lot, Matt, about Elam and that physicality that he's displayed. How much of that can he get away with in week one? How much can a rookie get away with if he's going against a seasoned veteran, uh, maybe an Allen Robinson or wherever they position him? It's going to be one of those things that I'm going to be really keeping an eye on early in the game. Even if uh, he gets away with one, is he going to get flagged later on for uh, being a little bit too grabby past that five yards? Is it going to be pass interference? I think that Elam, one way or another, could make an impact play that could really either help the Bills or hurt the Bills tomorrow night. You know what an impact play is every single time, Ryan Talbot? Heading over to Tops Friendly Markets Mm -hmm. and making sure you get yourself all set up uh, for game day or any day, any kind of party that you're having. Now through October 29th, every time you use your Tops Bonus Plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell's, Smithfield, and so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win a tailgate and go kitchen for the ultimate tailgating experience. For complete details, visit topmarket.com uh, backslash red zone. Uh, there's so many ways to save, so many ways to win at Tops. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. All right, Ryan Talbot. Uh, we're going to debut a new segment for all of our preview editions all season long, and it is the Value Home Center's Keys to the Game. Every time I need a key made over the years, the first place I go is Value Home Center's, uh, and, and the Keys to the Game is going to be a segment we do every week uh, before uh, we get into the game. So give me your top key to the game for the Bills to win tomorrow against the Rams. Make Matthew Stafford uncomfortable, Matt. It goes back to what I said about this defensive line. Uh, I know this week leading up to the game, they said the elbow, there's no restrictions. He's good to go. He takes one hit and he lands on that elbow. 
Uh, the entire outcome of the game can be different. We'll, we'll really see as the game goes on, just throwing the, uh, just, you know, the way he plays, I guess, does, does it affect his elbow at all? Is that going to affect his overall game? If the bills can make him uncomfortable, get that pressure, get in his face, uh, knock him down a few times. I really think that is what this team needs to win this game tomorrow night. What about you? I like that. And I think that, you know, we've already covered it. The The defensive line in this game is really important, but I'm going to flip flip gears a little bit and, and go to the offensive side of the ball and say, the key to me truly in this game is if Josh Allen is Josh Allen, the guy that we watched play for eight plus, well, eight quarters last year, sorry, Bills fans, um, in the playoffs, this is an unbeatable team in my opinion. I, I, I like, I, I think Cooper Cup is an elite player. I, I think that Allen Robinson adds a dimension to this team. They're going to be able to run the ball with Cam Akers and uh, Daryl Henderson. They, they, they have some horses. Uh, you mentioned some stuff on their offensive line. Their interior is basically the same at center and left guard. But I just think if Josh Allen comes out throwing darts to Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, potentially Jameson Crowder as well, I just think that that's going to be too much firepower for Matthew Stafford and this offense to contend with. I also think this is kind of going to be a home game for the Bills, Ryan. I'm expecting this to be the majority of fans inside that building tomorrow are going to be Bills fans, whether it be actual Bills fans or L.A. type of football fans that show up to the game and don't really have a horse in the race. The Bills are kind of America's team at this point, aren't they? The Bills Mafia brand has just absolutely exploded. And being a Bills fan is just super cool. So even if it's not over 50% Bills fans, I think the people that are kind of they don't, don't have a horse in the race are going to be probably pulling for the Bills. Josh Allen, who's also one of the most popular plays in the league now. Yeah, listen, the Bills don't have to have the, the majority of the crowd. There. They're going to be the louder of the two fan bases in game. There's no doubt in my mind on that. Uh, Los Angeles is a reason that uh, that city has lost sports, you know, football team after football team. It's a, fan, a fair weather fan base. So in, in terms of passion tomorrow night, you're going to be hearing the Bills fans uh, on the TV broadcast. You're going to hear them shouting on third downs when, when the Rams offense is on the field they're going to be able to be difference makers for this team. We've already seen a, a lot of uh, tweets on social media about how many fans are at the different airports, Buffalo. Uh, one, they said a lot of people were in, uh, I think they said, I, I think one was Chicago. One was Newark airport, uh, just kind of all waiting for those connecting flights to Los Angeles. So we know this fan base travels well. Uh, like I said, you're going to be able to hear the Bills Mafia tomorrow night on TV uh, pretty loud and clear in my opinion. With the with the boundary cornerback situation being what it is, Cooper Cup played pretty well against them two years ago. I think he went over 100 yards, had a touchdown. Obviously, that furious comeback for the Rams. Uh, he's so dangerous and explosive. I think that Taron Johnson, looking back at that game, and obviously he's a different player today, he struggled a little bit. It's not necessarily something that you can hone in on because I don't think that it's Taron's responsibility to play press man one-on-one against Cooper Cup. I mean, the way the Bills play defense, you know, a lot of it is reacting to, you know, where you are on the field. And a lot of times, Taron Johnson's going to be there. I thought, um, if I'm thinking back to a, a specific play, uh, it was Tremaine Edmonds that that ran down Cooper Cup on, on one of the plays. Or no, it was Jordan Poyer, who I think, to me, in this game, one of the keys to stopping Cup is really, really good tackling. And I think one of your best tacklers, if not your best, is Jordan Poyer. I think that he's going to have full leeway to play anywhere on the field that he wants, kind of be that 
um, you know, Swiss Army knife that they throw in different positions. I think they're, he's going to be blitzing. I think Matt Milano is probably going to be blitzing. And if you're if you make tackles, if you don't let Cooper Cup, uh, you know, get that rack yardage, uh, start tallying up, ratchet it up, if you will, I think you'll be in a good spot. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Love the point about tackling. We've seen this Bills team at times over the years come out and, and you know, really poor tackling. Instead of a four-yard gain, it turns into a seven- or eight-yard game. Uh, gain makes it more manageable for the other team. So that's another area where they really have to be crisp, Matt. They have to come out. They have to tackle very well. Uh, keep Keep players like Cooper Cup in front of them. Make it difficult for the Rams to go all the way down the field. Don't give up those explosive plays, and I think the Bills will be in good shape. I think all three interior offensive linemen are going to have to deal with uh, Aaron Donald. There's probably a lot of, you know, double team assignments that Aaron Cromer's probably devised along with the, uh, Ken Dorsey to try to figure out how to mitigate his, you know, uh, havoc causing in this game. And, you know, there's a lot of plays you go back and watch. Miss Mor- Mitch Morse, I think, did a good job against him two years ago at times. But over the course of the game, as guys get tired and, you know, Aaron Donald just kind of, his kind of gas tank is is always full, it seems, and he played really well in the third and fourth quarter. Where Where is your biggest concern on the interior of that offensive line? Ryan Bates is going to be in this spot, uh, a big spot, whenever he lands against him. Are, you know, Roger Saffold in pass protection the last couple of years hasn't been as good as in previous years, and that could be an area at 34 years old after missing some time in the summer. Could Roger Saffold be one of the areas of concern uh, on the interior of this offensive line against Aaron Donald, uh, all pro. I, th- I think Saffold, you can make a really good case for him, but I'm going to go with Ryan Bates. As good as he was last year, Matt, it, it is a very small sample size. I want to see what he can do over four quarters against the Rams, but I obviously want to see what he can do over an entire 17-game season as one of the starting guards on this team. Because as promising as his play was, it, there's there wasn't a lot to it in terms of the snaps overall. Uh, what took the Bills so long to get him into the lineup? Why didn't they turn to him sooner? He was great once he was in there, uh, but I also feel like there was a reason it took so long to get him onto the field. So if I had to choose one of the interior linemen, I'm going to go with Bates just because of the overall sample size. That's not to say that he's not going to show up and perform well, but if I had to choose one, uh, I'll stick with the two veterans over Bates who uh, hasn't had as much tape in, in terms of overall play. Yeah, uh, I think that that's fair. And I think that, you know, uh, a guy like Saffold who has as many minutes in this league, snaps played in this league, I, I think that you have probably different levels of, you know, to your toolbox. So if things aren't going well early, you could probably make adjustments. You know, Mitch Morse is out there. Deion Dawkins is out there. Uh, you kind of move things around. I'll be interested to see how they game plan against Aaron Donald and, you know, how they are able to utilize the run game. If they can run the ball a little bit, that's going to, especially early on, that's going to really take the Rams, put, put them completely off balance. Because if you can't stop the Bills running game with their running backs, then you're really going to be, the stress level is going to rise uh, considerably. Let's get to Ken Dorsey before we get to our predictions. Ken Dorsey gave his first uh, regular season game week press conference uh, this week. And, you know, I thought he seemed pretty loose, Ryan. And he was asked at one point about like what this week was like. And if there's anything different about uh, going into his first NFL regular season game as a coordinator compared to, you know, when he was QB coach or maybe even back when he played. And he's like, that's just it. He's been able to work with really uh, good offensive coordinators. I mean, Brian Dable over the last three years, you know, has really been one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. Ken Dorsey's had a front row seat to that. 
And I think just the mentality of being a player and, and having had to kind of navigate things on the field, the chaos of it all, you know, it probably gives him a lot of confidence. And I thought that the loose nature to his press conference on Monday is a really good sign for how things could maybe start here tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see the play calling the play sheet uh, beyond obviously the scripted plays that they'll come out with uh, for the first series or two in, in game. Is he going to change things up based on what the Rams are doing? Maybe take advantage of something he didn't think of before or see before something that becomes apparent, whether it's due to an injury or just due to the Bills having uh, the better or superior player at a certain spot. That's going to be really interesting. And when it comes to Ken Dorsey, like you said, he had a front row seat for everything Brian Dave Dayball did the last few years. So he he can kind of go back to that play sheet, obviously, uh, change it up a little bit, different personnel, uh, make it his own. But I think that because of being around Brian, being a former uh, college quarterback, a pro quarterback, there, there's going to be little things that he's going to be able to take away from his playing days too that's going to help him become a successful coordinator. So uh, coming out of the gate against the Super Bowl champions, uh, a lot of expectations for this team. It's really important for the Bills to deliver on the offensive side of the ball and uh, Dorsey being loose. Hopefully that's a sign of good things to come. Speaking of always delivering, I mean, you're usually on the money when it comes to predicting these games. Uh, you've had a couple of hits over the years, big time hits. So we are going to transition into the predictions portion of the program. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Ryan Talbot. Who are you picking and why? How's it going to go? Yeah, I'm going with the Bills 31-28. I just like, like I said, the defensive line for the Bills. They cannot blitz Matthew Stafford. Just like I don't think the Rams are going to want to blitz Josh Allen. Both of these quarterbacks can hurt you dearly if if you send the extra blitzer. I think if they can win up front with their front four, which I really think they can, uh, it's going to help them create at least one turnover in this game or force a punt maybe deep in their end that gives the Bills some advantageous field position. And that's going to be enough to put them over the top. So Bills 31. Rams 28, close game, uh, really delivers in terms of the entertainment factor. I know both teams have very good defenses, but coming out of the gate with these explosive offenses, these talented players, I think you're going to be in store for a high-scoring game, Matt. I agree. I have the Bills winning. I'll start 27-24. Um, I'm waffling on that, on that a bit late in the week here, Ryan. I put that pick in three or four days ago, and I'm sticking with it. But I think that there are tons of ways that the Bills could really run away with this game. Uh, I, I think it comes down to scoring early, right? Like you don't want to come out in your first game with a new offensive coordinator, new play caller, lethargic, a couple three and outs on a couple of drives that even if the Bills defense comes out and answers the bell and has a couple of really good uh, drives themselves to start, it just kind of on the road, you know, you don't want to let a, the, a Super Bowl winning offense that has a big time drive in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl uh, on their resume. You know, you don't want to let them hang around and stay confident. I think one of the big things for me is Josh Allen coming out here, setting the tone, driving down early, scoring points, getting touchdowns in the first and second quarter. And I think if that happens, I think if they score, their, you know, two or three of their first uh, three or four drives. That could be a, a recipe to maybe blow out here for the Bills in the opener. But I'm going to stick with 27-24. Openers are always a little bit funny. You got to kind of test things out a little bit. They've Bill offense has always played six drives this entire preseason. Josh Allen has talked a ton about, you know, all the work they've done in practice. You know, Sean McDermott putting them in really bad positions, third and 15 against the Bills defense, having them get out of trouble. And, you know, early on last season, that was the, the problem is that they weren't getting out of 
their um, you know, the trouble when things weren't going right for them. So can they do that more consistently this year? I think the Bills think that they can do that. Yeah, no, I agree. So you and I both have the Bills in, in week one here. Uh, Matt, it's going to be a, a fun night tomorrow night. Really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it, too. And speaking of looking forward to it, let Tops do all the work for your game day and tailgating spreads. Perfect for game day or any day. Visit Tops Carryout Cafe for hot-to-go, fresh, large cheese and pepperoni pizza. We're back with the pizza bar, baby. I love it. Top's legendary breakfast pizza. Ryan, the breakfast pizza's in the read. Finally, this is something that Top's ne- has never had to give us as an actual read in the show because we we put on for Top's breakfast pizza already. Right, Ryan Talbot? No, yeah. Top's breakfast pizza is elite, the elite of the elite. I uh, highly recommend order fresh pizza, breakfast pizza. Go pick it up. You will not be disappointed. Baby back rib uh, sections. Uh, plus subs, sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Tops has everything you need getting you ready for Bills versus Rams tomorrow. Make sure you stay up late after the game. Ryan Tell and I will be right back here. Same shout channel to bring you the postgame show. Thank you so much for watching. Like and subscribe before you go. See you tomorrow. Football season is here. Shout. A Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.